listening to the Strong Towers Podcast, a podcast where all topics are on the table, from brotherhood and faith to culture and wisdom. So pull up a chair and join us as we talk about the things that build us up and make us strong. Strong Towers Podcast. I am Tom Edwards here as always with John Ackerman and Mike Lara. And uh, tonight we're going back to just a conversation that we really appreciate um, for ourselves, honestly. Um, And we we hope you guys appreciate being along for the ride. Um, But I was just watching Moana for uh, the umpteenth time uh, with the kids. And there was this scene where, uh, and it's been out for a couple of years, so spoilers, you're on your own. Um, but there's a scene <clears throat> where she realizes, uh, that, uh, at the end of the movie, that what she thought she was there to do is not actually what she was there to do. And the heart has to be restored to what they thought was essentially the big bad in the movie. Um, and she starts to sing this song, as she's going to do this thing. Um, and the lyrics, I just uh, have them pulled up here in front of me. I have crossed the horizon to find you. I know your name. They have stolen the heart from inside you, but this does not define you. This is not who you are. You know who you are. And I don't know how I have missed it, John, especially with all the conversations that we have around Disney movies. Mm-hmm. But man, that just hit me as such a strong statement of God's love and desired relationship with us. That, you know, yes, we, we take a beating and there are things in this world that, um, that wound us and that we put up walls and defense mechanisms to protect ourselves and, and all of this kind of stuff. But that's not actually who we are, and he knows who we are. Uh, and so if you're tracking with us at all, um, you know by this point that that uh, we are going to talk about identity. Um, because I, I don't, honestly, I don't think we could talk about it enough, really. We, we could maybe just do the identity podcast and have a weekly conversation about it. Um, just because it is such a nuanced conversation and it's something that uh we get to continually grow in right and so hopefully we'll bring uh, a different perspective tonight uh, a little twist on it from uh, when we talked about it in our our mission vision episodes and in previous times that we've brought it up as well uh, but guys where is identity hitting you currently yeah this is this is one of my favorite topics of all time in a variety of settings. And, and depending on where you're coming from with this, as you're tuning in and joining us, you may hear that we're going to talk about identity and you may have some preconceived notions about what that may or may not entail. And, um, my hunch is that probably in most cases it's, this probably isn't going to be what you think it is. (laughs) Um, but this, this really is a deeply personal look into the reality that we most often don't live out of the truth of who we are. And, and I don't mean anything by that other than we don't really know who we are. We have a sense of what life has told us is true about us. 
Um, you know, for me, at I turn 40 next month and for the majority of my life, the narrative of my life told me that I was pretty much on my own and it was all up to me. And so when I talk about identity, that's, that's where I'm coming from. Uh, the truth of who I thought I was and the truth of what is actually true. And it's really hard to argue with somebody's lived experience. Right. And, and I was surrounded by people for most of my life, right? There were family members and there were close friends, but the, the narrative of my life as I experienced it said, you're pretty much on your own when it comes to the big things, to the important things. And you better come through because nobody else is going to come for you, is going to come through for you. And so that was the identity that I lived out of, I'm going to make it all happen. Um, you know, it was the, the origin story for my perfectionistic tendencies. It was the beginning of my intense self-sufficiency. It was, um, you know, sort of the foundation of I'm going to keep people at arm's length because people aren't going to stick around anyway, because I'm all alone and it's all up to me. And so when we talk about identity, that's really what we're getting at is we all have a lived experience that has told us what's true about us. And at the end of the day, there's really only one place that we can go to discover what's true. And we'll talk about that more in a little bit. But that answer is both far more simple and far more complex than we often think it is too. Because if you've tracked with Strong Towers for any amount of time, you know that what we're going to say is that you know, to find the truth of who you are, you have to go to God. But that's not an overtly simplistic statement. Um, and and we'll, we'll dig into that a little bit later. But again, if you're tuning into this and you think you know where we're going, you probably don't. And so I hope that that's enough of a hook to entice you to keep listening. Um, but yeah, Tom, when you ask that question, um, as I'm approaching 40 years old, I'm amazed at the places in me that still feel very young and very alone, that still feel like when push comes to shove, it's all up to me. But there's an incredibly expanding part of my internal reality that says that's actually not true anymore. And not only do I know it, but I no longer feel that way. I actually feel like I belong to someone who deeply loves me and who comes through for me on a regular basis and who has my best intentions at heart and will move heaven and earth to make sure that I know that I know that I know that I am cared for and loved. And I'm not just talking about my wife. <laughs> no, so I think that's enough out of me for now. What do you think? <laughs> I love that. I love that response. I think um, identity for me is something that is very... I don't know. I don't want to say it's, it sounds cliche and say it's living and it's organic, but it's one of those things that I, I constantly have to revisit. Right. Um, I've talked about my struggle with identity and, and finding success in, um, for lack of a better term, the, the false identity. Right. I mean, I, I love the underdog story and it's really easy for me to fall back into the, you know, nobody's going to come help you. You're on your own and I'm going to show you 
and and I'm going to be successful without you. And um, the part that I've struggled with that is that it, that is very you know self centered and it's all about me, <laughs> you know, and it's all about how I'm going to be so successful. Um, and so when I think about identity, I, I think you nailed it, right? It's it's looking back at the Father, looking looking towards Him, and 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 being called um, to do what what He's ha- ha- have you or what He's called you to do. And um, I think that's that's one of those ones. And 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 maybe we need to be a little bit more clear on on you know the the physical identity. Of, versus like the spiritual identity, right? Like what are we being called to, um, or what are, who are we being called as, or what are, what are we being called in, um, as compared to, Hey, you know, physically, how do you identify yourself as, as, as a man or as a, you know, as a husband or as a brother? Um, I, I, oftentimes, like for me, I think that going back to what you said, John is, is, is being able to, um, truly understand how my life has been changed with the understanding that my identity is in him. Yeah. And I, and I think that's one of the places that we can start to anchor some of this because some of this can, can feel very, very flexible. It can feel almost ethereal Mm. of how am I supposed to nail this down? Right. Don't I just decide who I am? Um, You know, and even if I accept, you know, sort of a, uh, a, a spiritual origin and, you know, we all belong to God, but, you know, I still have to figure out who I am, right? You know, that's that's what, you know, Tom, you open with a movie. That's what so many of these movies are about, right? You go out and you find yourself. Um, and so the way that I was thinking about this, that at least helps me frame some of this, is that we can either live from a deep-seated identity or we can live for identity, meaning yeah. that we're constantly seeking something. We're constantly chasing something to inform who we are and that it's, it's perpetually malleable, that it's, it's, it's perpetually, um, unknown and that it's, it's perpetually fluid that, that there's always, that there's always the chance that everything you thought you knew about yourself is incorrect. And, and here's the beautiful tension with that. That's actually very possible that that everything you thought you knew about yourself might actually be incorrect. Um, And one of the things that makes this topic so much fun for me is that there's what we know in our head and there's what we know in our heart. And so if you come from a a religious background and, and, you know, you know that the correct answer is, well, you know, I, I belong to God that, you know, I'm, I'm his son. He's my father. You can know that intellectually, you can know that theologically, and you can live a life that looks nothing like a son, and that looks everything like little orphan Annie, hmm. um, who gets invited into the the big house with Daddy Warbucks, and they say, so what do you want to do? And she looks around and she goes, well, I think I'll start with the windows, and then I'll do the floors. Right, because she steps in with the assumption that I'm still an orphan and I've just moved into a new house. And for so many of us, that still feels like the truest thing about us is that at the end of the day, I'm all alone. Mm. And it's all up to me and I still have to perform. So we're probably going to keep coming at this from a variety of different angles to try to hone in on not only where we're coming from, but where we're going. But Tom, what else is coming to mind for you? Yeah, I just, I like how you placed that tension in the, the ever changing nature of identity 
because I, I do think there's two ways that we can go on that. We can always be chasing after something or looking for what is the next piece or, um, but I think we approach it from a, a more grounded uh, perspective. And, that, and that's not to say that we've got it all figured out, but that we're coming at it from the perspective of the, the identity is fastened to something. Mm-hmm. And uh, you put in the notes for the podcast this great quote from Dallas Willard that your actions reveal your beliefs 100% of the time. Right. And then you would pose the question, what are our actions showing us about what we believe about our identity? And while we were prepping for this and and I was taking a look at our notes, that just really struck me, right, of really the piece that we get to experience in the day to day through our actions is what we are believing about our identity and the identity is the constant piece in there. And so the change and that tension that you were talking about really is in my understanding and my uncovering of that identity, not in what the identity actually is. And so there's a target that targets never changing, but I'm going to change on my way to that target. And as I get closer and closer to what I'm actually supposed to be here for, yeah, and there was another thought that I had that was kind of along those lines that, and I, I was looking, <laughs> I was looking at my dogs just a couple of weeks ago, and it was making me think about all the different interactions we've had with them over the twelve years that we've had them, and you know all the all the other animals that they've encountered, and especially now that we're out here on this farm, you know where we have goats and chickens and and a cat, and our cat is very dog-like, which I love by the way, <laughs> the highest compliment you can pay a cat. Um, and it just, it got me thinking about like how often you see little dogs engage with big dogs acting as if they're also a big dog, right? Or the number of times you've seen like a cute Facebook video of like some animal hanging out with a group or a flock or a herd of not similar animals acting as if it's one of them, right? And it just, it got me thinking about the reality that you don't actually have the capacity to know who you truly are. And so without something or someone to reflect you back to you, you don't know who you are. Yep. That, that at best you're taking your best guess at who you think you are based on who's surrounding you. Right. And, and we lived that in, I mean, I hate to be cliche, but it's so flipping true, right? You lived that in middle school and high school, right? The, the people that you surrounded yourself with informed who you thought you were, right? And so whichever stereotypes, whichever cliques, whichever groups, whichever, whatever, like that for long stretches of life informed back to you. It was the mirror through which you saw yourself that this is who I am, right? And it was... You know, in some cases, it was also the performance that informed who you were. It was the accolades that informed who you were, right? The, the truest thing about me is that I am an athlete if I succeed. The truest thing about me is that I am an academic so long as I get good grades. The truest thing about me is that I could give a crap about any of that stuff, right? And, and there, was, there was always something reflecting 
a version of yourself back to you that was telling you who you thought you were. Mm. And all of that was incredibly fluid, right? All of that was constantly in flux because a lot of that was based entirely on either performance or circumstances. And where I think so many of us struggle is at some point those things stop working. They stop providing the validation that, that each of us craves. They stop providing the, the information about how I receive love or recognition, right? That they, they stop working at some point. And then we're left with, well, crap, who am I? Who am I without this, right? Who, who am I without sports? Who am I without grades? Who am I without a relationship? Who am I without my crew? Who am I without, mm-hmm. right? And, and the really annoying thing is this plays itself right into adulthood, right? Who am I without my job? Who am I without a meaningful relationship? Who am I without a family, right? Who, who am I at core? Right. And it's a really uncomfortable question. And again, that's where we're driving at mm-hmm. is, you know, you, you can know the truth intellectually, you can know the truth theologically, but do you know who you are yeah. personally, uniquely? Yeah. I, I, I'm not trying to sidestep or derail us a little bit, but one of the questions that I keep asking myself, John, and, 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 and I'm hoping that this is something that you can kind of help me out with, but as a... As an individual who shaped young minds, um, knowing that this process is something that is inherent, right? It's 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 almost like human nature to go down this path of the cliques, the crews, the sports, the you know the friends getting influenced. Um, I've done this identity exercise with you, and 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 it's something that I've I've I as a you know. 39 year old man still kind of go back to and struggle to that, you know, sixth grade mindset. But, you know, looking towards the future as, as my sons start to get older, you know, ultimately I, I'm constantly reminding them that they find where they find their identity at. Right. But it's, it's, it's almost to a point where I'm already seeing those other identities or those, those other sources for them. Um, and, and, and my main question is like, is this something we have to walk through? Is this something that we just don't, you know, is it, is it important or is it um, necessary to go through those other paths of those false identities in order to really help define you? Or is this something that, you know, maybe, maybe my kids can sidestep it if I place everything (laughs) in the right direction for them. Right. So uh, I, you know, and that's something that's just kind of rolling in the back of my head right now is how do you, how do you manage that? How do you navigate those, those, those false identities early on? Yeah, I think that's why as parents, you know, we hope for like the quote unquote good friends yeah, yeah. for our kids, right? You know, that they'll uh, they'll have actual deep friendship, which I don't know how deep your friendship can be as a sixth grader, but, <laughs> uh, you know, but we, that, that's what we're hoping for, right? Yeah. Is like, hey, I'm at a point in my life where I have really good, deep friendships mm-hmm. that, uh, I'm walking with you guys in a direction that leads me more and more into my identity and who I actually am supposed to be. That's what I want for my kids, right? Mm-hmm. And we we want them to avoid walking through some of the mess. Um, I think there is a piece of that that you know while you're growing up, you you do have to try new things and mm-hmm. uh, you know try on different hats and, and figure out what works for you and um, and that. I think prepares us for 
the deeper digging that happens mm-hmm. as we move beyond, oh, these are my extracurricular activities and the people that I hang out with because of them and actually start to pick apart like what is it that makes me tick? Yeah. What, what brings me joy? What am I, what am I made to do that? I just, you know, I light up every time I get a chance to do X. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have to have some of those experiences of trying to find identity in something and maybe failing, you know, to John, to your point about performance that, you know, I, I can be this as long as I'm good at it. Yeah. Um, or that we try to find identity in a particular group or activity or whatever it is. And we get, we experience rejection in that. Um, because ultimately I, you know, I look at this as, as kind of a, a chiseling process, right? We have to, uh, at the end of the day, we carry around a lot of beliefs about who we are and, and we have to kind of chip away at all of the excess to get at the heart of who God made us to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the short answer, Mike, is nobody gets to sidestep this. Um, <laughs> you, you can help them make it not as traumatic or not mm-hmm. as excruciating, but I, I'm pretty sure I'd bet the farm on this. Nobody sidesteps this yeah. um, because it has to be experienced. Right. right? It, it can't be learned and yeah. it can't be jacked into your head matrix style. Uh-huh. Right? It has to be lived and it has to be wrestled with um, because it's it's the most important thing you'll ever do in your life mm. is come to learn at the deepest part of you who you are. Um, there's another Dallas Willard quote that I saw recently that um, I just I love and it's um, shoot I just blanked on it but it's it's something the effect of It's not what a man does that matters most, but it's who he becomes. Mm-hmm. Something to that effect. And it, it like it points in the direction of the, the most important thing you'll realistically ever accomplish is understanding at the deepest, most personal level who you are. Yeah. And I mean you, you see it in most of the movies that we love. Right? It, it's you see it in most of the stories that have endured over time. It's it's the hero's journey. Right? It's the stepping away from whatever small story you were placed into and stepping out into a larger world where suddenly you're confronted with questions about who you are and what's true about the world around you and what's true about right and wrong and good and bad and, and love and hate and, and all of it. And not only do you, are you seeking answers about that, but at the end of the day, what you're seeking is the deepest, truest truth about you. And what's true about you separate from family and what's true about you separate from purpose and profession. You know, when we did our, our, uh, our strong towers summit on, you know, core beliefs, we, we paired identity and purpose and they are very much paired, but they're also very separate. And what you do is not who you are. Where you're from is not who you are. What you're born into is not who you are. There is something unique that is core to you that is influenced by all of those things. But at the end of the day, you are you separate from all those things. And that's Mm -hmm. the part where you you can't figure out who you are Mm -hmm. on your own. You, You have to go someplace else for it. And so that's what we do. 
Yeah. Right? We, we go to all these other things trying to figure out who we are, and none of those answers are satisfying. Mm. Or at least none of those answers are satisfying for long. <laughs> Temporary satisfaction, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and so even with parents, right? Because parents oftentimes see their children more clearly than their children do themselves, simply by virtue of age and experience. But at the same time, no parent perfectly sees their child. And so that child for themselves, as they grow up, has to go out and discover who they actually are, not just who their parent thinks they are. Right? And any number of people have any number of stories about that experience of growing up and having to separate their, themselves from the expectations of their parents. Right? And, and so this is the journey. It, it's very Disney. It's very Disney. Right? That, that at some point you have to go out into the world and discover the truth of who you are. And, and so, yeah, I, I don't, nobody gets to sidestep it. And that's why this is so messy because there's just, there, there's no, there's no magic eight ball. There's no, what was it in big Zoltar? Zoltar. (laughs) Like there's no place you can just go and get the quick printout. Like, Oh, this is who I am. Like it it has to be lived and it has to be in many cases lived wrong to help show you what doesn't work. Yeah. And I think too, we can't underestimate the power that, other people have in the shaping process because like you said john it's not something that we can do for ourselves right um i remember matt chandler saying one time uh that they're called blind spots because we can't see them (laughs) right (laughs) like yeah if you knew all your blind spots you would be a liar right and, and so we need other people to reflect back to us yeah. and and that you know goes back to the quality of relationships as well that you know if, if the people reflecting back to you your identity are other sixth graders with their sixth grade knowledge and understanding of the world you're going to have a, a limited amount of depth to that reflection but if you are spending time with uh, people that are are digging deep into that as well and know you intimately and uh, understand your story and where you're coming from and why you might react in a certain way those people are going to be able to reflect back to you in your blind spots a truer version of who you are um, and so it goes back to one of our other pillars of of community right like you need that brotherhood around you yeah. because you, you're not going to pick everything up and this is why uh, i know for me isolation is a place that i tend to go to uh when i'm tired or angry or just emotionally done right and so i have to fight against that uh bentness to kind of pull away from everything because i know Mm -hmm. that actually what i need right now is is probably you know one of you guys to to just speak wisdom and life into whatever situation has me feeling like i need to to back away Mm -hmm. um you know and and that's the kind of relationship that we need to really get at this level of belief in who we are And I think that that's why this for me ties in so well with the episode that we just did on walking with God. Yeah. Right. Because, because there's no other way to solve this problem and there's no other way to solve this problem for anybody else. Your kids, your friends, mm-hmm. there, there just, there isn't, there is no other way to tell someone who they are in a way that makes it all better. 
Mm-hmm. Right. The the only way this works is if you develop not an intellectual understanding of God, not an academic understanding of God, not a theological understanding of God, but an intimate personal relationship with the person that actually knows you better than anybody else. Yep. And that's hard. Yeah. For a lot of people to know how to access because mm-hmm. not only were they not told, you know, much of anything that was helpful about the truth of who they were, but they weren't necessarily told a lot that was helpful about the truth of who God is. Yeah. And so if you don't know who you are, and if you don't know who the person is that can tell you who you are, <laughs> what do you do? Yeah. You watch a lot of movies and read a lot of books and hang out with a lot of people <laughs> hoping to find something. Yeah. Yep. Right. Well, welcome to life. Yeah. And that's yeah. why this is such a difficult thing for so many people. Yeah. Yeah, and going back to that community aspect and the and the importance of getting called out truth and and you know I I look at so you know we 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 read we read scripture every morning going into school and and uh, the boys often ask me questions and you know we were we were you know talking about Paul and we got you know got in the subject of wait 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 wasn't that Saul or was that Paul you know and and it was one of those conversations where I was like yeah but you know Jesus called him this and 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 Jonah was just like oh yeah he's he's he. he he's now Paul because he's being called to what he is and Jesus is calling him a new name and gave him that new name. And that's, that's what he is. He goes, I can't wait to find my new name. And it was one of those questions where I was just like, wow, like just those little impactful moments that I look back on now and think to myself, like, wow, you know, he's, he's picking up these, these stories early on and how I, I think when I first read this or when I first you know, read about this, I was just like, okay, he's a, you know, he's, he's Paul now. Okay. And move on, but never really like dug deeper into that being called new and being called into what he, what he was to be done. Right. As he, you know, becomes, you know, one of the most influential leaders in the early church. Right. And, but being called into that new name and, and living from that identity. Um, but he gets called by, by Jesus, right? Jesus is the one who called him into that new name. And I, and I think oftentimes when we talk about our community aspect and you guys were, were saying it, like you have to have those people in life that are going to call you, you know, by what, how they see you in God's, in God's image, right? And how they see you designed and how, you know, that's why I'm, I'm really big on that community aspect as we've talked about in our pillars to being not only surrounded myself by, by those men, um, cause it's very important for, for my development, but also, you know, for the kids, right. Cause I mean, you guys, you guys see things too. When I tell you guys stories about how I'm struggling as a dad and, and, uh, and you guys have, have reminded me like, Hey Mike, have you, have you looked at it from this angle? Have you looked at it from this perspective on how, how the kids are? or acting. So I cannot stress the community aspect and, 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 and having that reflected image to call back on as well. Right. Yeah. But it's still very much <laughs> as essential as that is, it's still second. 100%. Right. Because it, it can't, identity can't be perfectly bestowed by, by, yep. by somebody else. Yeah, Agreed. Yep. Right. Because at the end of the day, I can, and kids are fantastic at this, right? Kids see through things so fast. <laughs> Right, that you know, they they watch and they listen and they yeah. see when things don't line up. Yeah. Right, and and it's the same with you know with adults, right? You know, despite best of intentions, right, we all end up falling short, and so the best things that we can say to someone else about them is going to come through the lips mm-hmm. of someone who is still fundamentally flawed. Flawed. Yeah. Agreed. And. And so at the end of the day, if, if we're still 
however good the people are that, that we're surrounding ourselves with and however well-intentioned, it's still going to fall short because we're going to fall short. Mm -hmm. And so at some point you still have to be able to, you got to go to the source. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You know, second, I've, (laughs) my senior year of college, I had to write a research paper because I was a history major and it was supposed to be based entirely off of primary sources. And I decided that I really didn't like scrolling through microfiche in the library. And so what I did was I found a couple people that had already written books on the topic that I wanted to write on. And I just went and pulled their footnotes and decided, well, I, you know, I can, this is the same information, right? So I'm just, I'm going to pull their information. I'm not actually going to go find it for myself. I'm going to pull their information and write my paper. Mm -hmm. And I turned that paper in. And as I walked into my professor's office to drop it on his desk, I happened to scan his bookshelf and all the books that I had used were on his bookshelf. And it was just like this moment of, oh, crap, (laughs) this is not going to go well. And in his written comments on my paper, when he gave it back, he, he said, John, I'm of two minds about your paper. On the one hand, as I'm sure you know, this is not a terribly well-researched paper. But on the other hand, your conclusions are still very accurate. But it, like, it was this, like, I tried to take the shortcut, mm-hmm. right? I didn't actually go to the source material. I just took somebody else's interpretation of the source material. And in this case, it happened to work out for my paper but so often we do the same thing. Right, I'm not going to go to the source. I'm, I'm going to go secondhand. Yeah. And I'm, it's going to be close enough, right? It's going to be close enough. Yeah. And it just, it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, it doesn't work. So, so don't do that. You know, if anybody <laughs> is listening, don't do that in school, but like, it's even worse when you try to do it with identity. It just, it, you, you can't just go to other people for this. You got to go to the source. I'm just seeing that bar scene from Goodwill Hunting, <laughs> where, yes. where he out quotes the, uh-huh. <laughs> the, yep. the Harvard guy. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I I think you're right, John. But I think what the power of the community does for us is it it has the ability to continue to push us in that direction toward the source, right? Or it has the ability to not push us in that direction. And, and so, you know, yes, we can, we can look to our community for encouragement and wisdom and and whatnot, but ultimately, you know, we need that community to be pushing us in the right direction to be developing our understanding of of that identity from the source. Mm -hmm. Um, Or modeling it. Yeah. As well intentioned as we can be. Right. Yeah. So, Um, no. So does the process look different for everybody? Is that something that you, um, you know, it's not, I, I, I don't want to make it as simple as a, you know, read these things and say these, say these uh, prayers and call it a day. Um, but, you know, being modeled, modeling that behavior for, for somebody and actually walking them through that process, I think is an important aspect of community. Yeah. I think yeah. where you go is the same. How you mm-hmm. get there is different. Right. Yeah. And yeah. So Great way to put it. That's where the community piece is so essential, but it only works if your community is going to that place too. Right. Yeah. Right. And so if they're offering you the encouragement out of their own experience of pursuing the source, this works phenomenally well. Mm. Yep. But if it's a bunch of people just offering the best of intentions, it, it, it may not go horribly, but <laughs> it's still going to fall short. Fall short. Yeah. You and, mean, and I think yeah. that's the tension. 
Yeah. It's just, I mean, at, you know, at, at core, we are so often people that crave the easier path. Right. I don't want to do my own research. Let me just use somebody else's. <laughs> yeah. right? Like whatever that version looks like, we're, we're people that usually choose the easier path. I don't, I don't want to do an hour workout. I want to do eight minute abs. Right. It, it, whatever it is. And, and so I think quite often there's a pull towards, especially with things that are difficult. This is really hard. Can somebody just tell me? Right. That, that was so often what my kids resorted to in the classroom when they were learning. This is really hard. Can you just tell me the answer? Mm. Yeah. And yes, but no. Right. I, I, I can tell you the answer, but that answer is actually not going to be helpful if you don't know how you got it. And that sounds like a cantankerous old math teacher, but there, there's nothing more true when it comes to identity, that if somebody else tells you who you are, but you don't know how you got there, mm. you don't actually know who you are, yeah. you know who somebody else thinks you are. And that's mm -hmm. not helpful. Yeah. Or it's not as helpful as you knowing the truth, knowing, not intellectually, but experientially, knowing the truth of who you are, knowing the truth of who you are in the way that all of those great epic literary figures do of they go on their journey, they go on their quest, they go through that transformative cycle, and they come back home at the end knowing who they are in a way that could never be shaken again. Yep. And that had whatever wise old sage helped to guide them on that quest, show up at the beginning and say, oh, by the way, spoiler, here's who you are. Not helpful. Because who you are is tied to an experiential unearthing. Yeah. Not just intellectual understanding. Yep. Yeah, I'm reminded of uh, when I was in the classroom and we would make multiple versions of the test, you know, and so it'd be essentially the same question with different numbers plugged in and you could always find the kid <laughs> who copied yeah. the version they had next to him, right? Yeah. Your work looks good, but it's not for your mm. problem, right? Yeah. And we all have a different story we all like yes the the ways at which the, the the exercises that we can go through to kind of uncover more of our identity is going to look pretty much the same for all of us but we all have our own story we all have our own wounds we all have our own strengths uh, we've all been attacked in very different very uh precisely manufactured ways and, and so it can't look the same for everybody. And, and yeah, I think it, it devalues what you're even trying to do. If, if you want to go after your own identity by using a cheat sheet, yeah. <laughs> right? Like, is it really what you're trying to do? Cause why are you trying to shortcut your journey to your own identity using somebody yeah. else's? Yeah. And, and it's hard. I mean, it, it's the hardest thing you'll ever do. And we don't usually respond to that level of challenge well. Yeah. No. Right? And it's, you know, another movie reference if you saw DC's Man of Steel. Right? It, like, you know, little Clark Kent, like little boy Superman, is like he just discovers that he's not who he thought he was. Right? That everything he thought he knew about himself, it turns out, 
is not a lie. It's just it's not the whole story. And he's standing there in front of a spaceship that brought him to Earth with his earthly father that it turns out isn't who we thought he was. And this guy that raised him is telling him, like, there's more to you than you thought. And this little boy, Clark Kent, is like, can't I just be your son? Mm-hmm. Like, do, do I have to step into this? Can't I just, can't I just take the, like, can't I just be little boy Clark Kent? Can I be, can I just be your son? And, you know, Kevin Costner does a fantastic job in the scene. Like, he wraps this little kid up in his arms and he says, you are my son. Mm. But somewhere out there, you have another father who gave you another name. And if it takes you the rest of your life, you owe it to yourself to find out what that is. And then he hands him this little thing with the Superman logo. <laughs> so like, good. Dude, that's just not so fair. Good. Yeah. Right? But that's that's the invitation for every single one of us is you are not who you thought you were. Yeah. And somewhere out there, you have another father who gave you another name. And if it takes you the rest of your life, you owe it to yourself to find out what that is. That... That's why we said in the opener, if you thought you knew where we were going with identity, it, it probably wasn't this. But this is the invitation, and this is why nobody gets to sidestep it, because it's a personal journey. Yeah. Nobody else can take this journey for you. I feel like the other piece that Kevin Costner does well and brings to that movie is the difficulty or heaviness of needing to walk this path because uh, there's that other scene um is it is it right after clark saves the kids on the bus uh and, and like young clark again he's you know he's probably like 10 12 years old is like should i have just let them die and you think like uh, okay uh, you know the, the little kid movie at this point like his dad's gonna be like no you did the right thing and and he's actually like i don't know Clark, maybe yes, like maybe no, like it's not a simple answer and it's something that you're going to have to walk through and man, it, you know, it's going to be a bumpy ride at times and, uh, certainly an emotional one. Um, but it, it's worth it. It's totally worth it. Yeah, you stepping into the truth of who you are is going to cause problems for you and the people around you. You not stepping into the truth of who you are is going to cause problems for you and the people around you. So, yeah. Again, there like as we've said before, there's no easy choose your hard. Yeah. Yeah. But there, there's a better choice there, and that's that's yep. what makes it so difficult. Yep. Guys, I really appreciate the conversation tonight. I feel like every time I sit down to to think through identity and, and my identity or identity in general or have a conversation around it, there's just facets that uh, that come out that I hadn't thought of before, or new movie references that I hadn't thought of before, or, you know, even simple things like that. Um, and so I really appreciate the time tonight. Uh, just to have another conversation around this topic. Um, if you're listening, I, I hope you do as well. Um, and we will continue to have this be a priority at Strong Towers. Um, 
it's official now. It, it it's in our core values, so <laughs> it's not going anywhere. Um, but it, it is truly something that we, uh, have found so much value in, in our personal lives, um, that we, we will beat this drum for as long as we can. So thanks for joining us and we will see you back here for another strong towers podcast. Before you go, we just wanted to take a quick minute to thank you for being a part of the conversation and taking on this journey with us. If you like what you're hearing, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast app and throw us a like or write a review. All of that helps other people find our show. If you're looking for more, head over to our website, strong-towers.com and sign up to receive notifications whenever we release new content. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at strong underscore towers. And don't forget to join our Facebook group, We Are Strong Towers to keep the conversation going throughout the week. If you want to support the show, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash strong towers for your chance to score some strong tower swag and get access to exclusive content. We appreciate y'all and we'll see you back here real soon.